Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us, and we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day, and I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events, and uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Praise God. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were all filled with wonder. Everybody say they were all filled with wonder. And amazement at that which had happened unto him. Verse 11. And as the lame man which was held uh, healed held Peter and John. All the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Verse 12, and when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, You men of Israel, why you marvel at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power, by our own, everybody say our own power, or holiness, we had made this man to walk. Amen. I, I want to talk to you for a little bit tonight. Um, I'm going to teach a little while on the unsung heroes of the book of Acts. And we're just going to take a highlight trip a little through the book of Acts. And we're going to talk about some of the unsung heroes of the book of Acts. Amen. And uh, how that applies to us. Father, we thank you for your presence tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the joy that there is in being together with the people of God. I pray that you would open our understanding, that you would touch us, give us wisdom, give us encouragement, Lord, to see ourselves as you see us through the scope of time and help us, oh God, to be effective in our generation in the blessed name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You can uh, be seated. Praise God. After his healing... The lame man praised God. With, with the crowds gathering to see what happened, uh, Peter took that moment to begin to tell the people about Jesus. Amen. Um, it, was, it was Peter's question, why? Why marvel ye at this? Because he knew that they were going to ask questions. Um, I know that Simon Peter was expecting miracles, but nobody else was expecting miracles. And I, I don't know because, you know, you can't read um, emotion into a text. But I almost wonder if Simon Peter wasn't a little sarcastic when he said, why you marvel at this? Uh, because anybody with functioning brain cells would have marveled at just what happened. Because this man who had been at the gate beautiful for many years begging of alms is now leaping and running and dancing and praising the Lord. And everybody had stopped looking at the man. We, we still call him the lame man of Acts 3, but he's not lame anymore. We still call Bartimaeus blind Bartimaeus, but he ain't blind no more. And it's funny how we let that stigma stick with us. You know why? It's the law of first impressions. Amen. And so that's why you got to try to be on your best behavior uh, at, at all times. You never get a second chance for a first impression. And so here is the healed lame man who in just, just a moment's time was healed and he runs into the temple. 
leaping and praising God. Amen. I, I want you to notice something with me. Brother Roberto's doing a tremendous job translating, but this is not in my notes, Brother Roberto, and I'm glad you can go on the fly so well. Um, I want you to notice what he did when he was healed. The lame man did not jump on Facebook. I know that's a shocker. The lame man did not, Elder Henderson, go on to Twitter. Uh, he didn't group text or send out emails. Instantly when he was healed, he turned and he went into the temple praising God. Amen. The blessings of God ought to turn us to the house of God. I know that's just profound. and You never even thought of that before. But we need to reiterate in our lives that when the blessings of God come in our life, we need to run even faster with more passion and more zeal than ever before into the house of God with the people of God celebrating what God has done. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Brother Lucas texted me just a few moments ago and said that he just got another unexpected raise on his job. Amen. Now get ready. Because Sunday of sacrifice produces these kind of blessings and miracles. Uh, Sunday night, we were driving back from Hollister, and uh, we were passing on, on 680. Uh, we were passing uh, Philip 66, and I put my hand up as we drove by it, and I said, God bless Philip 66, Lord. Increase them that they uh, bless the men of our church that work there. And they will continue to be blessed and have jobs. If I would have drove by Chevron, I'd have done the same thing. And I think God felt my heart when I said that. It just spilled right over to Chevron. Amen. I'm going to tell you, you can believe this or you cannot believe this. I'm not here to convince you, but you believe this or don't. But I'm going to tell you that the reason why some of your companies are still in business is because you work for them. And God's going to hold them up. Amen. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. Uh, knowing, especially with, uh, in the refining uh, industry uh, out here, and it's been extremely regulated. I, I just had to laugh when the dingbat said, you got to start refining more oil. Well, they made them shut it down and turn it green. You can't just flip a switch and do it. And, and so it's their fault. You got to blame the politicians for all this. And, and they're like, well, and so in the state of California, uh, we have refineries that are shutting down and they're moving out of state. And I'm saying, God, not the ones that our men and women work at. God, I pray you keep them open, keep them, the business running in the black, amen, that they can continue to be blessed. I remember a few years ago, uh, 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 P66 uh, came out with their bottom line of the Rodeo uh, fine refinery and said, we are X amount of millions of dollars in the red. But through that all, they came to Brother Chase and they said, uh, you, we're going to give you a bonus. He was one of the only ones in the company to get a bonus because they were so far negative into the tens of millions. God will bless the people that put him first. And when God works a blessing, they will run back to the temple and give God glory and thanks for what he has done. Amen. Now, let me also say this. If, uh, uh, if you don't see a financial miracle this year, that, that, and, and don't get upset and say, well, I gave and I didn't get a blessing. That's the wrong. We don't give to get. 
We give to be a blessing. But, but if you're going to do that, well, why don't you, like the old song says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Start counting your blessings. Here's one. You're breathing. And every breath you take is on loan from God. It's on loan from God. That's how blessed we are. Amen. You say, well, I'm having health problems. It could be worse. Amen. Praise God. Uh, I, I noticed something. Uh, I was actually talking to Brother uh, Chase just a few moments before church, and, and he texted me, and he said, he said uh, I believe that Sunday of sacrifice this year in such a downed economy, if it was under any normal uh, thing, it would be called a recession. Now they're redefining what a recession is so they don't have to say we're in a recession. But anybody that knows how to read knows we're in a recession. And here we are in a recession and cost of inflation is going through the roof. Everything's going through the roof. Amen. Including balloons. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Chinese spy balloons are going through the roof, and we let it we let it circle through Alaska and over two or three different nuclear you know bases and all this stuff, and then then I saw he took credit for shooting it down. Yes, you did. After it traversed the entire continental of North America, and you waited, and now we know it collected data and all that, and sent it back. And people freaked out. They're, the Chinese are collecting data on us. Well, if you're on social media, if you're on if you got a smartphone, they're already tracking you. <laughs> Amen. How do I go without being tracked? Use a rotary phone. But make sure you wear your tinfoil hat when you talk on it. Amen. And everything's going up. Price of, price of eggs. Y'all watching all this stuff that's happening in the world? You think it's a coincidence that all these food producing factories are burning up? These egg places are burning up? I mean, you think so? rail cars, what, six massive derailment train wrecks today alone, chemicals? blasting in the atmosphere in Ohio. We need to pray for those folks in Ohio right now. Uh, um, it, it's, I, if it's, I saw the governor say uh, earlier this afternoon, he said, it's safe for you to go home. And my first reaction was, why don't you and your family? We got all this stuff. I don't think it's all a coincidence. There, there, is, a, there is a demonic strategy to push us to push us into a global governance. I taught on that last year. You go back, uh, find it in our archive on the New World Order and all that stuff, and I'm not a conspiracy. Um, I, I, I'm, I've got to find new conspiracy theories because all my other ones came true. <laughs> Amen. There, there's this pushing us toward this, 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 this green uh, uh, of movement, and I'm going somewhere, they're pushing us toward this, and it's like, you know, all the people that are pushing us to this green you know, energy things, every one of them, they're all flying on private jets. Don't tell me about the, uh, you know, the coastal lands are going to be flooded and every one of the major speakers of these climate uh, people, they all buy homes on the beach. They know they're lying and they know, it's a religion. Act, the climate activism is a religion now. And, they're by, and they fly around their private. Somebody asked Bill Gates about it. And he said, well, I pay millions of dollars every year to offset. Well, how does that work? You throw millions in the air and it offsets? I, I don't get it. 
All of these things, all of these things are trying to push us into a system to which, why do they want digital currency? So they can cut you off when they want to. Why do they all want you on an electric car? So they can cut you off when they want to. Say, Pastor, I think you're pushing a little too far. Isn't it funny? They said in the next 10 years, we all got to be driving electric cars. And then the very next day, they said, don't plug in your cars. Why? Because they want you to be dependent on them. They can have apps, but I'm going to tell you something. Amen. That is the spirit of the age that we live in that wants total dominance and wants total control. But I'm going to tell you, if you think it's tough now, you should have seen what the book of Acts church was going through. And yet they had a world-shifting revival in the midst of it all, in the midst of persecution in the midst of, uh, of mass murders, in the, uh, uh, in the midst of false brethren, in the midst of false doctrine, in the midst of war, in the midst of all kind of pestilence and famine, the early church had great revival and it was because of the unsung heroes that stayed faithful to the commitment of the gospel. Amen. Praise God. Uh, now, now the, the, the lame man was healed, and he went running into the temple, leaping and dancing. Peter, Peter says, why marvel you at this? And, and he knew that, that they were going to want to know how it was possible for this man that they had saw by this gate for so many years, why he was now walking and praising God. I, I want you to know something. We often look at Peter and John who looked at the lame man and said, look upon us. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I do have, give I thee. Rise and walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we look at them and say, look how God mightily used Simon Peter and John. But I want you to know the unsung hero of this story was the beggar who was lame at the gate beautiful. Amen. He was the one with a need and who had enough faith to respond to the preached word of Simon Peter that said, get up and walk. He could have looked at him and said, man, you're crazy. I'm not trying to get up off this ground. That beggar could have looked at him and said, what you talking about, Willis? He could have looked at him and said, take a hike. He could have looked at him and said, you know, I, I don't know what you're trying to do. Just give me some money. But the beggar had enough faith to respond and get up and be... The beggar was the unsung hero of this story. We know that Peter preached it, John believed it, and Jesus ordained it, but the beggar had to respond with faith. And it thrust Jerusalem into a revival. It catapulted them into a revival. I always have believed what I'm about to say. We are, we are one notable miracle away from packing this house out. Sunday we had a, an elderly man come in. Um, it was one of those deals. Now, the Bishop uh, Hurst has been trying to get me to come for uh, over a year. And I'm saying this to get you to kind of understand a little something. He's been wanting me to come for a year, over a year. About a year and a half. He said, I want you to come. He said, um, I want you to come and I want you to pray about it, because, but I don't want you to come preach, just to preach. So he goes, I want you to pray, and I want you to feel led of God when the time's right. And so I, I let him know last year in April I had a date, and, and for whatever reason it worked, and then in, in, in August, September, and it didn't work, and so it was over a year. It was about a year and a half. And so finally he called me the week before New Year's, and he said, 
I, I need you to come on January the 8th, Sunday, January the 8th. And I said, Bishop, I can't. We are in prayer. Re- I felt so bad. That's, that's my pastor. I hate to say no. I said, we are in prayer revival. I can't leave. He goes, okay. He said, um, he said then, then how about and then the date he gave for Sunday? But here was the deal. He said, I don't want you to come just preach. I want you to pray. And I want the timing to be right. He said, I've been teaching uh, for weeks and months. I've been teaching about the gifts of the Spirit and the gift of faith and the word of knowledge and prophecy and all that. And he said, and I, I told our church that, uh, that when you hone in on it, when God will use you, uh, that you can work and operate in those gifts. And it's not this weird kooky stuff where somebody stands up and r- rattles off 15 things until they find something wrong with you. Uh, I, I believe you got, uh, I believe you got uh, something. You got feet, you got ears and a nose and a mouth. Uh, uh, somebody in your family had high blood pressure at some point in their life. I, f- I feel it over here. Uh, somebody in your family, uh, you know, uh, I, I feel it. They, they, uh, they uh, died. Okay. So, you know, when the Spirit of the Lord moves, you don't have to sit there and guess. Right? And, and, and so, um, Bishop kept telling me all last, when he was here last week, he said, I don't want you to feel any pressure. Because, you know, look, that's why you can't turn the gifts of the Spirit on and off. And that's where most of these guys get in trouble is they feel the pressure to perform. And they'll get up and they'll perform in the flesh rather than letting the Spirit lead them. And when they should preach, they need to preach. And when God wants to work, let them work. And so he said, no pressure. But, you know, I've been telling them and, and the church has been fasting and praying. And then we get there Saturday night at the table and he's saying the same. Now, I don't want to pressure you. I want you to feel no pressure. If you, I, now you feel to preach if God wants you to preach. But, but uh, we, we've been fasting and praying for you to be using the gifts. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, no pressure. Because it don't happen all the time. When it happens, I'm the one that is the most surprised by it. Because I don't seek to be used in the gifts. I seek to be used by God. And so Sunday morning we walk in. I was nervous Saturday night in the hotel. Sunday morning we walk in, and I've kind of got a feeling of a direction I want to go with the message. And we sit down in his office, and he says, now, 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 no pressure. But we've been fasting and praying that God would use you in the, would use you in the gifts of the Spirit and, and word of knowledge and prophecy and healing, gift of faith and all this stuff. And he went on, and he goes, but, but, if you don't feel it, I want you to preach. We won't be disappointed at all. I'm just saying, okay. And as we walked out of the office, it was just he and I. And he looked back at me. He said, no pressure. Just. And I said, Bishop, I want to tell you what I, I, I see when I step in the pulpit, I am, I am on an interstate. And the moment I get in the pulpit, I'm looking for the exit. Meaning where God wants to take me. And, and uh, we had, a, we had a, a, a mighty move of the Holy Ghost on Sunday and it was, it was powerful. Stood up, didn't even get to take a text, and, and, and just the Holy Ghost started moving. And I really don't remember what the purpose of telling you that was, where I started going. The healing of the guy's, the tumor. Yeah, anyways, God healed the tumor, praise God. I can't, there was a point that I was going with in it. Oh, notable miracles, notable miracles. So there was a, there was a I told you, I don't have ADHD, I have HD. ADHD. It's high definition. And so they bring up, they push up this old man. And and for those of you who think that I exaggerate or whatever, just go watch the video. It's online. And the, huh? They removed it. I, I, you know, I highly suggested that too. I said, when the spirit of the Lord moves like this, I don't want to be on display for the pigs. Because the Bible says, don't cast your pearl before the swine. You know, there's people that are 
They're spiritual pigs. They can't understand it. They can't comprehend. That's why when we start having a shout out, they'll put up a, a welcome thing on our live stream because I don't want people watching us and making fun of what we're doing. They're not in the spirit. And so I don't I want to see, I want people to watch me dance. Well, well turn on a, a jukebox in your front yard and boogie woogie all over the place. But we're doing it unto the Lord. This ain't no, this ain't no show. And so uh, they, they bring this old man down in a wheelchair and I don't know what all's wrong with him, and, but I began to pray with him. And uh, I, I, I still don't know everything that's wrong with him, still don't know what happened, but I do know that the Spirit of the Lord began to move. And before I was done, I don't know if you got to see the whole thing that was happening. He was surrounded. He, he, this old man stood up out of his wheelchair and he was just waving his hands and doing like this and speaking in tongues and God was blessing him and, and all this. Uh, I mean, all kinds, of, all kinds of amazing things happened. Uh, the greatest miracles were those receiving the Holy Ghost for the first time. Amen. And so uh, those miracles, when people walk out and they can testify of a miracle, it brings great great revival amen can you imagine if somebody were pushed in this uh into this service tonight in a wheelchair with stage four cancer and just days or weeks to live and somebody prayed the prayer faith and that cancer was reversed and healed you can't tell me their friends and family wouldn't be here the next service going i want to see what this is all about that's what happened in acts three Amen. Now, you've heard me say, they, they never heard me say this before on Sunday, so it went over really good. You've heard me say this before. Uh, when I, you know, how many want to see blind eyes open? How many want to see somebody walk out of a wheelchair? How many want to see the dead raised? And everybody, ah! And I say, all right, who's ready to die? And it goes from. I don't know, Pastor, but I, I got some in-laws if you just want to, you know, if you're looking... You know, you know, <laughs> right, not, I mean, if you're looking for somebody to test it out on, you know, I got a co-worker, I, I got a boss, you know, amen, you better not pray that, Sister Henderson, <laughs> her boss is sitting back there, amen. But, but when, that, when that notable miracle happens, people come to see what ha- what's going on. That's why in, in, in early Pentecost, in the early 20th century, they had tent revivals. because They would bring people in that were at Azusa Street. Uh, how, many's, how many's ever, now I know you've heard it, but how many has ever read the, read the accounts of the Azusa Street revival? Amen. We, we need to put that on our reading list this year. And when pastor's book club, you need to read some of the, they would bring people on stretchers and that, that, that were paralytic and God would heal them. And they, and, and God used a, a one-eyed African-American, amen, to have one of the greatest revivals that North America ever seen. Amen. The Holy Ghost, they, 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 they tell a story and one of those accounts where they brought someone who had been dead for hours and they brought them on a gurney. And when the gurney hit the shadow of that building, didn't even get in the bit. When that gurney, when that body hit the shadow of that building, that person set up, healed. Why do you think Azusa was so powerful? It's because there were miracles that were happening. It wasn't just because they were having prayer meetings. Amen. Uh, uh, when, I, I mean, they would have powerful prayer. 
but it wasn't just that. It was powerful demonstration. I'm seeing what's happening is that in Kentucky right now, in Ashbury, Kentucky, and I see so many critical people going, well, I don't know if they, I don't know. Hey, j- just shut up and celebrate. God's doing something there. We can't be like that. Don't be like that. Well, if it ain't, the smoke ain't coming out of my chimney, it's not fire. You need, we need to celebrate what God's doing. God's, God's feeling those Wesleyan people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And there ain't hardly any deader denomination than Wesleyans. I mean, they're twice dead plucked up by the roots. Dry. They may look, sand look wet. I don't think you want to say that about them. Well, look, I've been in their churches. When I went to Haiti, I taught in one of their churches over 100 Trinitarian Westland pastors. We baptized some of them. Some of them received the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you, they are dry. If a rat runs across the sanctuary, they'll stop them and tell them to walk. Don't move too fast. Amen. They They don't move. Can't blink too fast. And here these, here these kids are praying. They're what, how many, are there over a hundred and some hours in nonstop prayer? And they're speaking in tongues and God's baptizing them with the Holy Ghost. And we got some of us going, well, I don't know if I'm saying you. You know what God's doing? God's already replacing you. He's finding them in Kentucky. Amen. I mean, so why do, wonder why we push prayer so hard on Thursday night. Maybe one of these Thursday nights we lock into prayer so long that you, you use all your vacation for the next 14 days because we're just in here praying nonstop. Amen. I want that to happen. Well, you got to be here. Amen. Let's look at Acts chapter 6. Amen. I'm so grateful. Those Man, we had great prayer last Thursday night. What a great move of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 6. Beginning at verse number two. I want to talk about the five deacons. Everybody say the five, five. deacons. Acts chapter six and verses two through five. We don't use that term deacon a lot. Uh, and and something I've been working on that we're going to establish in our campuses. We're going to establish uh, more establish what a deacon is. Um, a deacon is, is, is one that can work in, in church administration. They work in leadership. They can also uh, uh, perform functions of ministry, whether it's praying for the sick, baptizing, and even teaching. Um, um, I, I, you know, um, Elder Henderson, stand up real fast. Uh, Brother Henderson is a biblical definition of a deacon. That's what a deacon is right there. Brother Moreno, stand up. That's a deacon right there. These are men that are seasoned. They love God. They're on fire. They believe this doctrine to the, down to the marrow of their bone. That's what we call a deacon. Amen. Thank you so much. And so we're going to institute more of those going forward in the future. Amen. Uh, Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, uh, look ye out among you uh, seven men of honest report. I'm I'm looking at two men. They're of honest report. If y'all came to me and you said, I'm going to tell you, Pastor, I, Brother Henderson, he cursed at me. And Brother Henderson cursed at me while he had a fifth of wild turkey 101 in his hand. And, and he was wearing red high heels. I'd look at you and say, <laughs> I'd look at you and say, 
you are a liar. I wouldn't even hear you out. I'd just stop and say, you're a liar. I ain't going to listen to it. Is it honest? <laughs> Sister Henderson's is cracking up. <laughs> she, she got a visual she never thought she'd have. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He's honest, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Type of minute full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. I go to Elder Henderson sometimes and bounce ideas off of him and, and, and say, what do you think? And some of the times I already have my mind made up. And I'll hear him and some, a lot of times it affirms it. Sometimes I go, didn't see it that way and changed my mind. Full of wisdom. Whom you may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's what the apostles said. So we can't be waiting tables. That's what they were doing. They were fighting. People, they, they were sitting there waiting tables. We're talking about the greatest, the, the apostles of the Lamb of God. And they're out waiting tables. And you know, there were people out there going, well, they think they're too good to not wait tables. I don't know who these men think they are. I'll go find me another church where the, where the pastor will wash my car and sweep my front porch. They might ought to find another one. I enjoy washing my car, but I ain't washing your car. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and so, so they said, we need to find, we need to find five men, that, seven men that are filled with the Holy Ghost and point them over the business. We'll give ourselves opportunity to prayer and ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and uh, not the one from Lion King, and... Parmenius and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. They left Pumbaa out of it, I guess. It's okay to laugh at church, amen. Okay. So everyone has heard of Stephen and Philip. But there was five other men chosen to be deacons. They not only laid the foundation for the services in the church, but their hard work also gave the apostles time they needed to preach the gospel. Amen. Here is another fine example of a few unsung heroes of the kingdom of God. These men devoted their lives for what they believed, not for recognition but for the sharing and the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are men that stayed on their knees in prayer for the church. These were men who were willing to say, I don't have to be on the platform. I don't have to be in the light, limelight. I don't need my name etched in a door with my own office. I don't need my picture on the website. I just want to be used of God. I just want to serve in the kingdom of God. Amen. I want to free up the hands uh, of the ministry so that they can focus on prayer and uh, uh, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the congregation that we have got. Amen. I thank God that, that our campuses are so much further down the road than, than most congregations that I know uh, where, where they'll tie up the, the, the pastor and his wife all the time. I mean, they've got to kiss every newborn baby. Amen. They've got to hold the hand of every person that buys a new car and then anoint it with oil and, and, and all that stuff. And, and they they got to do it. That's not the definition of a pastor. Amen. Well, bless God, my, back in the old days, the, the, the pastor didn't. Yeah, and that, that's why they, they looked like they were 80 at 40. 
Amen. Amen. That, that's why, that's why uh, uh, pastoring is the highest industry of burnout. Over 80% that begin in full-time ministry will quit in 10 years. You want to know why? Because there's this. That's what, that, that's what happened with Moses. Moses was about to lose his, can you imagine? I don't know how many children of Israel there were that came out of Egypt. We estimate anyone could have been as low as 800,000, up to 2 million. Can you imagine having to take care of all their business? Moses would sit there all day long. All day long, he'd just hear complaints. Are you serious? Really? We're going we're gonna to sit there and argue about, about their, you know, their tent state being too close to yours? I mean, we're going and they were arguing about this stuff. All, and, Moses, and finally, Jethro, his father-in-law, who was not even an Israelite, was not even in the covenant, walks up to him and says, come here, boy. I don't know if he said that, but he says, come over here. And he says, now listen. He says, you're going you're gonna to wear yourself out. You ain't going to be good to the people. You ain't going to be no good to God. He said, here's what you need to do. You need to appoint some elders. And those elders need to appoint leaders under them. And it worked its way down. Businesses have been operating with this model for thousands of years. And it was inspired by God. The CEO of the company is not listening to the janitor about if we need paper towels restocked in the bathroom. If so, that business ain't going very far. We, and, 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 and I look back at what my, I was sitting, we were talking with Pastor Hurst uh, Sunday night. We were talking about cell phones and, and, you know, how pastoring is so much different now than it was when he first began. And he started talking about, you know, and I said, what was it like to actually leave your house and go have dinner with your family? And, and that thing never, and, and, and you didn't, you didn't, you were oblivious to anything Till you got home and you punched that blinking red light. He said, oh, it was wonderful. Right? B- because, because what we've done is we've said, and, and, and here's, where, here's where North American Christianity cripples itself in growth. Here's where, because over the decades, and I'm not talking about here, I'm talking about in our churches, what has begun to happen is, is, well, he's got to pray that prayer. And so people's faith and prayer life is, gets, becomes dependent upon whether the pastor has faith for it or not. And, and if you say, uh, I, I remember when, when, uh, before Brother Hurst uh, sent me out in the ministry, uh, we would go do hospital uh, calls for him. And I remember sometime walking in to pray for people and them getting mad because it wasn't Pastor Hurst. You're going to send me this wet behind the ears kid to come in here and pray for me. Well, because he didn't, he sent me. Well, that's God, he didn't come in here and pray for Well, Well, listen, that's, you, you got to have faith. Amen. And so, and so he, he would send us in, and so, most people, but there were those few that would get mad, and they'd run around telling everybody about, well, Pastor, they didn't even show up at the hospital to pray for him. He just sent one of the young ministers to come pray for him. Well, I mean, come on now. And I thank God it's not like that here, but there's a lot of places it is. And, 
And, and sometimes the pastor develops a Messiah complex because the people give it to him. He's got to pray over everything. He's got to heal everything. He's got to do it. The Bible said in Acts chapter 6, all of a sudden they realized the apostles couldn't do what they were doing and reach the world. That the deacons had to step in and lift off the day-to-day, the mundane uh, things off of them so they could pray and preach the gospel. Amen. Praise God. This is another example of the unsung heroes of the book of Acts. They had their name listed once, but they were out there grinding, doing the day-to-day work. Amen. They were, they were doing this and they were doing that so that the apostles could give themselves to prayer and to the word of God. They, they devoted their life for what they believed, not for recognition, but they wanted the gospel to be advanced around the world. Amen. They tended uh, to the affairs of the church. They administered and organized while the apostles discipled and uh, leaders and preached the gospel. These guys are the ones that the apostles knew they could count on, that these men would not let them down. They were the unsung heroes of the book of Acts. Can you say amen? Quickly moving through and almost done. What about Ananias? What about Ananias? Ananias is another unsung hero. Of the, we talk about great moves of God in the book of Acts. We think about Paul. We think about these different ones. What about, about Ananias? He had the responsibility of being the first one to demonstrate Christ's love to Paul. I don't know anybody else that would have volunteered for that. God speaks to him and says, hey, you know that guy that, that, that killed people you know, Saul? Yes, Lord, I know him. Would you like me to lay in wait and fling a heart through his head? Uh, I mean, an arrow through his head? Would you like me to lay in wait with a slingshot and crack him in the head with a big old rock? I'll do that, Lord. Lord says, no, 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 that's, that, that's not what I need you to do. I appreciate the gesture, but here's what's happened. I'm already working with him, and uh, he's going to come to you, and I need you to tell him what he must do to be saved. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Come Really, could you imagine God speaking to you and saying, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I am moving on Hitler, and I'm sending him to your house, and you're going to teach him a Bible study. And by the way, you would be a Jew in this situation. You'd be like, "Uh uh-uh, oh, he can come to my house all right, but I'm going to pull out my 12-gauge shotgun and make his head a canoe. That's what I'm going to do. I ain't going to sit. No. This is what the equivalent, Saul was killing and persecuting the Christians, but Ananias said, all right, not my life to to, to save, it's your life, and I'm going to let you do what you want to do, and Saul comes to the house of Ananias, and Ananias teaches him, and baptizes him in Jesus' name, and Paul's filled with the Holy Ghost, and his eyes open, what a powerful ministry. It's the only person that we know of that Ananias discipled. But what a difference it made in the history of mankind. We don't know anybody else that Ananias baptized. We don't know anybody else Ananias taught a Bible study to. We don't know anybody else that Ananias pastored. But what we know is this. He taught a Bible study and he he affected one man who would affect the whole world, who would write three quarters of the New Testament Bible. He's an unsung hero. What about Cornelius? 
in Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse number 30. And Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard and thine alms uh, are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon, a tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee immediately. Therefore I sent unto thee, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore we are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he hath uh, he that fear him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The Bible says that Cornelius was a devout man that feared God with all his heart, which gave alms unto all the people and prayed to God always. He also showed Peter uh, uh, the equality between the Jewish Christian and the Gentile Christian and how everyone shall have the opportunity to be saved. I thank God for the unsung heroes of the book of Acts. We mentioned Cornelius in passing, amen, but it was Cornelius who unlocked the door to the Gentile dispensation of salvation. It was Cornelius who fasted and prayed and sought God uh, to move in his life, amen. Thank God for Cornelius because Cornelius was saved we all can now be saved that are not of the natural household of Abraham I'm talking about the unsung heroes those people that will give themselves to giving that will give themselves to prayer that will give themselves to devotion in God's word that will give themselves to worship that will give themselves to evangelism that will give themselves devoted to the kingdom of God because of that, Cornelius' whole house was filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized because of this unsung hero's faith. He unlocked a dispensation for the entire world to be saved. Amen. Acts chapter 12 and verses 13 through 15 tells of another unsung hero by a little girl by the name of Rhoda. Amen. You know the story and I'm not going to read all of it. It says that Peter was knocking at the door of the gate and the damsel came and hearkened named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate and they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she consistently affirmed that it was even so. Then they said it it was his angel. Listen to me. It was the persistency of this teenage girl, amen, that, that began to say, no, he's at the gate. Everybody else was praying for a miracle, but only one teenage girl was looking for a miracle. There's a difference between praying for a miracle and expecting a miracle. Amen. She had convinced them to let Peter into Mary's home where he would be safe. If it hadn't been for her persistency, Peter might have been in a world of trouble. Had it not been for this teenage girl stepping out of her role in society, stepping out of her place in the order of how things should be, there's no telling what else would have happened in Acts chapter 15. Amen. But her persistency got them to open the gate and let the man of God in. 
This small thing is what it means to be an unsung hero and what it's all about. Amen. She didn't baptize thousands. She didn't preach to see thousands receive the Holy Ghost. She didn't build a church. She didn't build a Bible college. She didn't become a missionary. But you know what she did? She hearkened to what God wanted to do and she became a hero in the book of Acts because she was willing to yield herself to what God was doing. The gospel continually was advanced. Amen. It may not be you that wins a hundred people to the Lord over the next five years, but it could be the person that you lead to the Lord that reaches those hundred people over the next five or ten years. We've got to be willing to say, God, I'll be a Cornelius. God, I'll be a Rhoda. Lord, I'll be the one that you want to use. Amen. Amen. Thank God for these unsung heroes. Thank God for these unsung heroes. Amen. I could talk about James. I could talk about many others. Amen. Uh, and I have something to say on James. Amen. But I want to jump down to Acts 17 and 5 through 9 and speak of another hero that we only hear his name in passing. And his name is Jason. Acts 17 and 5. But the Jews which believed not moved with envy took unto them certain lewd fellows of the bastard sword and gathered a company and set all the city in an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Verse 6. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city crying, screaming, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus, and they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things, and when they had taken security of Jason and of the other, they let them go, and the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. Here's a man by the name of Jason who risked his life for the gospel by letting Paul stay in his home. He stood up for what was right even when it wasn't popular. He stood up for what was right when it went against a man what the leaders of the city said. He stood up for what was right even when the news media said you need to go another direction. He stood for what was true and Jason became an unsung hero of the book of Acts. The Bible said he had turned the world upside down from his home. I want you to know you can turn woodland upside down from your house. You can turn woodland upside down from your house. Did you hear me? You can turn Yolo County upside down from your house. You can be another Jason. You can be another Rhoda. Somebody say amen. Amen, Brother Lucas, if you'll come. He stood for what was true, even though he faced persecution for it. He could have lost his life. Jason knew that the gospel still needed to go further. Today, I felt led to shine a light to, to more of these ordinary people that we've been talking about. In doing so, I have come to realize that we are the ordinary people of our times. I hope that these people tonight that I mentioned will be an inspiration 
revelation to you to walk in faith and to build, amen, a life that is committed to advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, we are the deacons that hold the church together. We are the Ananiases, amen, that convert the persecutors of Christianity in our day. We are the apostles that walk through the gates of today's society and do not give silver and gold and we don't give eloquent speeches and we don't have some new social construct but we have the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost in our light in our life and we can speak to the lame to rise and they will walk we can speak to the blind to be healed and their eyes will open the deaf for their ears to unstop and they will hear hear amen the dead to live I believe God's filled you with that kind of power I believe God has filled you with his spirit and you can make a difference in the world we are the bridge between the different beliefs and the different backgrounds of the 21st century we're the difference we are the Jameses that affect the whole nation with the word of God and its truth we are the Jasons that stand for what we believe we are the Jasons that stand for what we believe, even when it's not popular, even when people oppose it and don't understand it. And we turn our cities upside down, therefore turning the world upside down. We are like Esther with intercessions saving our cities. We are the unsung heroes of the 21st century revival. We are the unsung heroes of a 21st century revival that will save cities like Woodland, Vacaville, Knight's Landing, Davis, Esparto, Winters, Dixon, Fairfield, Sassoon, Vallejo, Rio Vista, Natomas. We are the church. We're the body. We're the believers. We are the unsung heroes of our society. Not, not a bunch of crazy college kids out kicking out windows and burning cars. No, no, no. We are the heroes of this world right now because we're filled with the Holy Ghost. You say, Pastor, I'm not a hero. I don't feel like a hero. That's exactly what I mean. Jason would have never said he was. Rhoda never said, would have said she would. Ananias never would have wanted to be counted among that. But they made a difference that was lasting. So my challenge to us tonight is this. Let's get out there and demonstrate to the world what Christianity is about. Let's demonstrate what it means to be apostolic. What it means to be filled with the Holy Ghost and walk with faith, fire, and power. Because God wants to use you just like he used them. Would you stand with me tonight? You can make a difference. You can turn it all around. Hallelujah. You can turn it all around. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, when it goes through the hall of faith, and it starts talking about they were sawn asunder, they were impaled, they were burned alive, they were fed the lions, they lived in caves and catacombs. They gave their life for the gospel's sake. And then the Bible said, and others. 
Paul, who we believe is the writer of Hebrews, said there's not enough ink for my quill or parchment to write upon, to list all the atrocities suffered and victories conquered by people whose names I don't even know. We may be unknown to men, but brothers and sisters, we are known unto God. I don't need my name in lights. I don't need my name on the top of a page. I don't need my name on a list. Lord, just let me be found counted among those who turn the world upside down. Say, but pastor, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not this, I'm not that. You, you just keep disqualifying yourself, but God's going to keep putting his finger on your life. Say, no, I want to use you. 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 If there's anybody tonight that's ready to step out to be used by God this year like you never had, I want you to come to the front for just a moment. I want you to come join me for just a moment. Ronald Reagan used to have a plaque that sat on his desk that said, we can do anything we put our minds to as long as we don't care who gets the credit for it. The book of Acts was filled with men and women and young people who were so willing to be used of God that they didn't care that their name did not have an REV dot in front of it. Or that they didn't carry some credentials. They just knew this. God's going to use somebody and it might as well be me. Look at the person that's near you and say, you, you are an unsung hero of the 21st century revival. How many believe in the 21st century we're going to see the greatest harvest this world has ever seen? It's going to happen through somebody. Might as well happen through me. Might as well happen through you. I, I could give a rip if my name sets the top of some preaching schedule of some conference or that our churches ascend to be uh, the, the, the four mentioned and named. And, and I, I told you what our, our global missions director told us, and he's always after me, turn those in. You're the, you the, you the givenest uh, uh, missions giving church in our district. Turn it in. We want to honor. We want to I said, thank you so much. But I'm going to tell you what, I could care less if people know. I could care less if we get a plaque or we get a pat on the back because what we do, we are doing it unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. And, and and, and, and all of that's fine. The recognition, if we want to do that, that's fine. But listen, what I'm trying to say to you tonight is simply this. Don't get caught up in what you're not. Don't get caught up in what you don't have. Don't get caught up in what abilities that you feel that you fall short in. Because I promise you, I promise you those seven deacons didn't feel like they were worthy. And that little girl Rhoda didn't feel like she was anybody. Amen. And Jason certainly didn't feel like, we never heard his name before or after that story. But he said, you know what I've got? I've got a house the man of God can come in. And from that house, Paul was turning the world upside down. You know what you got to say tonight? Lord, uh, I want you to use me. Lord, I'm a yielded, willing, surrendered servant to whatever your cause is. I want to be like Paul. I want to fight that good fight. I want to be like Jason, Lord. Uh, whatever you want to do in my life and in my home, here it is. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. 
in the name of Jesus, I feel like there's some Jasons in this place right now that through these connect groups are going to open up your home for the power of God to flow in Bible studies through your home. Amen. There's some Ananiases here. You may not be the one that goes to foreign Saul to preach the gospel. Amen. But you're going to win a Paul that will. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may not feel like you have the position or the credibility, but you're the one that's hearing the knocking of revival. And if you'll just open the gate, you'll, if you'll just open the gate, you're going to let it in. Oh, that's it. There's some Stevens and some Phillips. Hallelujah. That right now we're saying, yeah, I'll serve. I'll do whatever you want me to do. God, I'll be a deacon. I'll be the little girl opening the gate. I'll be the Jason that opens his home. I'll be the Ananias who will take the risk. I'll teach a Bible study to a gang member. I'll teach a Bible study to a drug dealer. I'll open my home. I'll teach a Bible study to somebody struggling with alcoholism. I'll teach a Bible study to the prostitute. Oh, God, I'll do it if you'll just use me, Lord. I don't need the credit. I don't need the glory. I don't need the limelight, Lord. I just want to be used of you to your kingdom come. Your will be done. That's it. Let God strengthen your faith right now. Come on, just let God strengthen your faith. I feel so much strength and joy in the Holy Ghost right now. You've been thinking, you've been praying, God, where's my place in the kingdom? What do you want me to do? Hallelujah, you're hearing tonight. It's not position-oriented. Amen. It's willingness-oriented. Lord, I'm willing. Lord, I'm willing. Lord, I'm willing. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Use me. You got to... in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus God's going to connect you if you're willing Jason if you're willing he'll connect you Rhoda if you'll just listen you're going to hear that knock God's going to wake some of you up at 3 in the morning to pray intercessory prayer and you're not going to know, know why just slip into the living room or into the spare bedroom and place your face in the mattress and a pillow over your head and just begin to intercede because God is about to use some of you hallelujah you may be unknown to men but you'll be known to God it's the unsung heroes of revival in the name of Jesus We'd have never had the Pauline revival without an Ananias. We'd have never had a demonstration, amen, of God's power in Cornelius' life if there wasn't a Rhoda. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.